0: Today on the podcast, you'll hear a message from Andrew Womack. Andrew is passionate about helping people experience the unconditional love of God and walk in his promises. He's well known for his empowering teaching on the balance between grace and faith. You can watch Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack weekdays on Miracle Channel at 7.30 a.m. Mountain Time. Let's dive into the message.
1: And I want to start over in Luke chapter 2 and take verses that are typically used at the Christmas season to kind of set a mood, and they talk about peace on earth, goodwill towards men. But I believe it is a total misapplication, a misunderstanding of what God was really talking about. And uh, let me just say before I get into these scriptures that I'm going to be countering a lot of religious tradition. I MEAN A LOT OF IT. AND PEOPLE GET OFFENDED WHEN YOU BEGIN TO START COUNTERING THE THINGS THAT THEY HAVE JUST ASSUMED AND ACCEPTED THEIR ENTIRE LIFE, AND THERE IS A NATURAL RESISTANCE TO THIS. BUT LET ME JUST SAY UP FRONT THAT HOW ARE THINGS WORKING FOR YOU? YOU KNOW, THE VAST MAJORITY OF PEOPLE THAT I MEET, CHRISTIANS THAT I MEET AND MINISTER TO, THEY ARE HAVING PROBLEMS. THEY KNOW THAT THE WORD OF GOD PROMISES THAT GOD WILL ANSWER OUR PRAYER, THAT ALL THINGS ARE POSSIBLE TO HIM THAT BELIEVES, and yet they aren't seeing the results that they desired. The average Christian is frustrated, and they can't understand why aren't things working. And then you begin to start teaching something that counters just a little bit of what they believe their whole life, and immediately there's this resistance about, no, how dare you counter this? But, you know, the Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Your life is going the way of your dominant thoughts. Now, you may have pieces of information that haven't yet sunk down and become you know, life-changing. They haven't really changed your focus or your outlook. You may have some individual thoughts and stuff, but your life is going the direction of your dominant thoughts, your heart thoughts, the way you think in your heart. That's the way that you are. And so if you see something that isn't working in your life and you know that God has something better for you Well, then part of the process is going to have to be that you have to change your thoughts. So I'm saying all of these things just to kind of prepare that you know, even though I'm going to be countering a lot of religious tradition, don't hold on so tight to those things that you aren't open to seeing something new. I'm going to share some things with you that I can guarantee you it is going to go against the vast majority of what religion is teaching today. Now I am not against true Christianity, I am not against the true church, but I'm saying that not every person who claims to be a minister for the Lord is ministering properly. You know I travel and I've ministered in foreign lands many times and I go through interpreters and I tell you, an interpreter is a blessing and a curse. Depending on how they're doing it. I've had some interpreters that were so good that I honestly wanted to just stop and listen to them Because they were great. I would say something that was just kind of, you know, it wasn't hilarious But by the time the interpreter said it the people just roared. I mean they did a better job Communicating it than I did, but then I've had other interpreters that when you preach something They uh, just don't agree with you. I remember one guy in Germany And I was saying things that I knew the crowd wasn't responding the way that they should. And eventually, the pastor of the church got up and had the interpreter sit down, and he called somebody else up. And after the service, I I asked what was going on. And he says, he didn't agree with you. He didn't agree with what you was teaching. So you would say something, some of the things I'm going to be dealing with in this series. And it just was different than his religious tradition. So he would just change it and say whatever. AND YOU KNOW, uh, AN INTERPRETER IS NOT SUPPOSED TO BE SPEAKING THEIR OWN MESSAGE. THEY AREN'T SUPPOSED TO BE COMMUNICATING FROM THEMSELVES. THEY ARE SUPPOSED TO BE INTERPRETING FOR THE PERSON WHO'S SPEAKING. AND AS A MINISTER, WE ARE NOT SUPPOSED TO BE SPEAKING OUR OWN DOCTRINES, OUR OWN THINGS. WE ARE SUPPOSED TO BE HEARING FROM GOD, OF COURSE, THROUGH HIS WORD, THE HOLY SPIRIT TEACHING US THROUGH THE WORD OF GOD, AND WE ARE SUPPOSED TO BE SPEAKING FORTH THE truths OF GOD'S WORD. And I believe that there's a lot of people that honestly, some of it, it's it's just because they don't know any better. Other times there are people who willfully reject what God's Word says in order to keep their own religious traditions. Regardless of what the motivation is, not everybody is representing God correctly is the point I'm trying to make. And I'm going to be sharing things with you straight from Scripture that is going to challenge a lot of religious traditions. But that doesn't mean it's wrong, and so I just want you to open up your heart and be prepared. If you can receive it, I think that this will just transform your life. This is probably one of the things that I enjoy teaching on the most. I just love this. It has set me free, and it is powerful, and it has the potential of revolutionizing your life. If you know that there's more and yet you're frustrated, you don't know how to get there, it doesn't seem like you're getting your prayers answered and things aren't working the way that you know that God would like them to work in your life, I've got some things that are going to change your life. And so I'm excited about sharing this with you. Let's start over here in Luke chapter 2 in these verses that are often used during the Christmas season And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And of course the story goes on. Most of us are familiar with this. But I want to focus on this 14th verse where it says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill Towards men, You know, at the Christmas season, this is often quoted, and you will see this on Christmas cards, you'll see it on banners, there's songs about this. I remember one song that was written about, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and loud and sweet, the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill towards men. And you know, this was written during the Civil War. That song was written, and the man who actually wrote this song, he was talking about that at the Christmas season. People were talking about peace on earth, goodwill towards men, and they were proclaiming peace, that we should be walking in love with each other and all of these things. But then the second verse goes on that there is no peace on earth. And the man who wrote this was uh, lamenting because he was seeing the contrast between his experience and what these words were. His son was actually killed in the Civil War, and he was suffering loss. And they were in the midst of the Civil War in the 1860s, and here they were talking about peace on earth, and yet there is no peace on earth. But then at the end of it, he comes back in positive, and even though he couldn't see it in his experience, he couldn't see it in the nation, He said, but the wrong will fail, the right will prevail of peace on earth. And so basically he just said, I can't see it, I can't understand it, but I believe that somehow eventually, maybe in the end, it will come back and there will be peace on earth. But did you know that's not what this is talking about? You will even hear uh, translations that say peace among men is what these angels are singing about And THIS IS WHAT MOST PEOPLE THINK, THAT THIS IS GOD, THE ANGELS, PROCLAIMING THAT JESUS HAS COME AND NOW THERE'S GOING TO BE PEACE AMONG MEN, THAT WARS WILL CEASE, THAT EVERYTHING WILL IMPROVE, IT'LL ALL BE BETTER. BUT LET'S LOOK AT SOME WORDS OF JESUS. IN MATTHEW CHAPTER 10, HERE'S THE ONE WHO THE ANGELS WERE SINGING AT HIS BIRTH ABOUT GLORY TO GOD IN THE HIGHEST AND ON EARTH, PEACE, GOODWILL TOWARDS MAN. SO HERE'S THE ONE THAT THEY WERE SINGING ABOUT, AND LISTEN TO HIS OWN WORDS. IN MATTHEW CHAPTER 10 AND IN VERSE 34, HE SAYS, THINK NOT THAT I AM COME TO SEND PEACE ON EARTH. I CAME NOT TO SEND PEACE, BUT A SWORD. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's foes shall be they of his own house. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it, he that loseth it for my sake shall find it, and he goes on, but here is the Prince of Peace, the one that the angels were singing Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards man. And he said in verse 34, Think not, I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. So, you know, on, on the surface, this looks confusing. Which is it? Were the angels right that it's glory to God in the highest and now there's peace among men? Or. Was Jesus right, that he didn't come to send peace? Well, the problem is resolved when you understand that what these angels were singing about wasn't peace among men. In the 24th chapter of the book of uh, Matthew, Jesus was speaking about the end times, and one of the signs of the end times is that there would be increased wars and fighting among you, and that people would be saying, peace, peace, but there is no peace. And there's just multiple things. We could go through and show you multiple things. The scripture, when it says, and on earth, peace, good will towards men, this isn't talking about peace among men, but what this is declaring is that the war between God and man because of sin. God's declared war on sin that caught man in the middle and released the wrath of God and saw God strike people dead. An angel went out one night and killed 186,000 people in one night in Sennacherib's army that was coming against his people and on and on. The war from God against our sin is over. Peace on earth from God towards man, not peace among men. NOW THIS IS SIGNIFICANT AND I KNOW THAT AS I SAY THIS THERE ARE SOME PEOPLE THINKING WELL THAT CAN'T BE BECAUSE GOD IS STILL ANGRY AT US. THERE IS STILL WRATH FROM GOD AGAINST US. THIS IS WHAT I'M GOING TO BE SHARING WITH YOU AS WE GO THROUGH THIS SERIES AND IF YOU CAN UNDERSTAND IT I BELIEVE I'LL SHOW YOU THAT THROUGH THE NEW COVENANT GOD IS NOT HOLDING PEOPLE'S SINS AGAINST THEM. GOD IS NOT MAD AT PEOPLE BECAUSE OF THEIR SINS ANYMORE. And did you know that statement right there? I can just hear television sets all around the world clicking off because people say, well, that's heresy. That can't be so because the church as a whole is still proclaiming that there is war from God against our sins. And if you do something wrong, the wrath of God is going to come upon you. God is going to punish you. People will say it to varying degrees. Some people will say that the September the 11th terrorist attacks were God's judgment on America, the hurricanes, the devastation, the earthquakes, fires, uh, you know, people being born with certain birth defects, that this is all God's wrath. It's all God's punishment, that God is dangling us over hell by a thread that's on fire. It's just about to snap and you either repent or else turn or burn. THAT IS THE MESSAGE OF SOME PEOPLE. OTHER PEOPLE IN THE BODY OF CHRIST WILL PREACH A LESSER CONSEQUENCE THAT, WELL, YOU AREN'T GOING TO GO TO HELL. ONCE YOU GET BORN AGAIN, GOD LOVES YOU TO A DEGREE EVEN WHEN YOU SIN. BUT HE WON'T BLESS YOU. HE WON'T ANSWER YOUR PRAYER. YOU WILL BE MISERABLE. GOD WILL MAKE YOU uh, CONDEMNED. AND THEY STILL BELIEVE THAT THERE IS WRATH AND PUNISHMENT FROM GOD, THAT THE WAR IS STILL GOING. AND THAT IS NOT the message of the gospel. You know, I'm going to deal with these things in a lot more detail, but let me just give you a sampling of some of the things that I will be talking about later. But in Romans chapter 1 and in verse 16, Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. You know, the word gospel has become a cliché, and people refer to all kinds of things. If it's just religious, if it's about God, they'll say, Well, this is the gospel. They will go out and they'll say, you know, you're going to hell and that God is angry at you and God is going to judge you, repent or else, turn or burn, and they'll say that's the gospel. That's not the gospel. The word gospel, if you look this up in the Greek, it is a word that literally means good news. And I have actually studied this out, and uh, one of the commentaries that I read said that outside of the Bible... In all of Greek literature that we have access to, this Greek word that was translated gospel in the King James Bible was only used twice in our Greek literature. And it does mean good news, that's accurate, but it is so rare, it is so exceptional, it's like a hyperbole, and it literally is referring to something that is nearly too good to be true news. And that's the reason that it was so seldom used, because in the natural world, if you separate what God has done for us in this fallen natural world, there is very little that is good news, and there's even less that is nearly too good to be true news. So this is saying that I'm not ashamed of the nearly too good to be true news of Christ and what he did for us. And this is talking about that it is the love of God that was communicated towards us when God sent His Son, and then Jesus took all of our sin, past, present, and even sin that we haven't committed yet. And it has to be that way because you and I had not committed any sin when Jesus died. He hasn't died since. So He dealt with all sin, past, present, and even future sin in His atonement. ALL OF THE WRATH OF GOD CAME UPON JESUS, AND GOD PLACED HIS WRATH, HIS PUNISHMENT AGAINST OUR SIN UPON JESUS SO THAT TODAY THERE ISN'T ANY WRATH. THE WAR IS OVER. GOD HAS JUDGED OUR SIN. NOW SOMEBODY MIGHT BE THINKING, SO YOU'RE SAYING THAT SIN IS JUST OKAY? NO, SIN IS STILL DEADLY. SIN NOT ONLY WAS AN OFFENSE AGAINST GOD, BUT IT WAS A DIRECT INROAD OF SATAN INTO YOUR LIFE. Romans chapter six verse sixteen says, "Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are; to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness? If you live in sin, God's wrath against your sin has already been placed upon Jesus. And if you accept Jesus as your Savior, then His wrath will never come upon you. Your sin has already been paid for, but." THERE IS A DIRECT INROAD OF SATAN, SO ALTHOUGH GOD'S NOT GOING TO BRING HIS WRATH UPON YOU, SATAN WILL TAKE ADVANTAGE OF SIN. AND JOHN CHAPTER 10 VERSE 10 SAYS, THE THIEF COMETH NOT BUT FOR TO STEAL AND TO KILL AND TO DESTROY. THE ONLY PURPOSE OF SATAN, HE IS NOT GOING TO TRY AND BLESS YOU, HE'S NOT GOING TO MAKE YOUR LIFE BETTER, HE'S GOING TO STEAL, KILL AND DESTROY. So even though God isn't judging your sin, and God's wrath against your sin was placed upon Jesus, and if you accept Jesus, there is no wrath left in God for your sin. Even though that's true, you can't just go live in sin because Satan will destroy you. Satan will eat your lunch and pop the bag if you give place to him through going out living in sin. So as much as you can, you need to live a holy, separated life. None of us will do it perfectly, and when we fail, praise God that God has already placed His wrath against our sin upon Jesus. God is not going to condemn you. He's not going to judge you. He's not going to turn away and fail to answer your prayer, but there is repentance. And when you say, Father, thank you that I'm already forgiven in your sight. You aren't going to judge me, but I, I gave Satan legal right to come into my life and wreck havoc. And now I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done it. I agree with you. I confess this is sin. And the moment you do this, this forgiveness that was already in your spirit that is sanctified and perfected forever That's a quote from uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 10 and 14, and I'll be dealing with this in a lot more detail as we go through this series. But the forgiveness and the acceptance and the love and the power and the joy of God that's already in your spirit comes flowing out through your soul and into your body when you turn from that sin and submit yourself, resubmit yourselves back to God. YOUR SPIRIT RETAINS ITS RIGHT right STANDING WITH GOD THE WHOLE TIME, BUT YOUR BODY AND SOUL CAN BE GIVEN OVER TO THE DEVIL, AND HE CAN COME IN AND PUT SICKNESS ON YOU AND POVERTY AND DEPRESSION AND DISCOURAGEMENT AND FEAR AND ON AND ON. AND SO AS MUCH AS YOU CAN, YOU DO NOT YIELD TO THE DEVIL, AND WHEN YOU DO YIELD TO THE DEVIL, YOU'RE QUICK TO REPENT, TURN AWAY FROM IT, TURN BACK TOWARDS GOD, AND DRAW ON THIS ACCEPTANCE THAT GOD HAS ALREADY GIVEN US. But anyway, I will deal with those things in a lot more detail. But let me go back to this verse that the angels were glorifying God and they said, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. This wasn't talking about peace among men. Jesus, I have used those verses in Matthew chapter 10, said that he didn't come to send peace. You can look at history and in the last 2,000 years since Jesus came, there is no doubt that there have been instances i mean probably millions maybe billions of instances where a person got their life changed and because the lord extended love towards them they've turned around and forgiven somebody else of something that they've done and there's no doubt that on an individual basis there has been peace among men to some degree but if you look at history as a whole man peace did not come when jesus came to this earth Peace came between God and man and people can receive this and to the degree that they receive and cooperate, it will affect their relationships with other people. But history has proven that some of the worst uh, wars, terrible atrocities, the Holocaust, and other things that have happened in the history of the world have happened since Jesus came. Jesus did not come to bring peace among men, but peace to men from God. The war is over. God declared the end of the conflict between him and mankind because of sin. And the sad fact is that most Christians have not understood this, and they are still fighting a war that there has been an armistice signed, the the price has been paid, and God is not mad at you. God's not even in a bad mood. God loves you, and there's nothing you can do about it. You can't make Him love you more, and you can't make Him love you less.
0: Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to hear more messages from encouraging speakers that air on Miracle Channel and Corco. Rate this podcast and write a review if you haven't already. And share this message so others can be encouraged by this teaching too. We hope you were inspired by today's message. God bless.